This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Welcome to our expert interview today, and I'm thrilled to have with me today from Texas, Susan Bryan. Hello, Susan. Hey, Rob. Good morning. It's nice to see you. It is good afternoon here in the UK in Nottingham, home of Robin Hood. But yes, we are international with our podcast. It's lovely to have you on with us. Susan, for people that haven't come across you, tell us a little bit about your, you and your world. Sure. So I'm a CPA. I am a partner at a firm based out of Plano, Texas. And we are specializing in the transformation of companies by professionalizing the finance function in their organizations. So I have a little bit of a recipe that I follow, a formula, if you will, that if we have solid accounting records and we combine that with tax planning and strategy, then we yield enterprise value and the achievement of personal and professional goals. And I think that that is a universal formula and recipe for every business owner's success. So we take that and we replicate it over and over and over again. That's a fabulous formula. I'm going to ask you to repeat that and just dive into a little bit of depth for each component, Susan, because there's a lot of wrongs we're going to put right today, a lot of things that need to be said, a few things that need to be changed in the accounting world, and you're going to help us do that today. So just say that formula again. Sure. So accounting, solid accounting. So we're talking about regimented, disciplined, accounting process, processes that yield reliable financial data on a timely and consistent basis. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot just right there, but investing in your finance function is the most important thing a business owner can do. It's not a cost center, it's an opportunity center. And business owners have got to spend some time building that into their business from the get-go. And if they don't have it, even if they're established, they got to go back and rebuild it because it is the future of, of their enterprise. So you're talking like those things should happen. Do they not happen sometimes in a business? Uh, they routinely routinely don't happen. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, you know, especially as a person who is kind of, I'm I'm seeing it from the CPA, I look through the CPA lens, right? A lot of times when I see is people start businesses and they don't start the business to become great accountants. That's not why they start the business. They, they just have to learn accounting because that's uh, fundamental to the business operations and ultimately to performance and tax filings and many of these other you know, requirements and expectations of a business owner. But they don't start it. They don't start their business to become great at accounting. So they try to DIY it. They don't really find the right people to help them. They don't set things up correctly. So they're not creating standardized processes within their own business. And that includes the accounting function. So, and without that, standardization, you know, they get sideways, they get lost. Many sleepless nights when tax time rolls around, it's panic, fear. How can I owe this much in taxes? You know, there's no way this is possible. I mean, there's so many different things that come out of this and it's avoidable. So that's sort of the first component of that, that recipe is really getting that accounting function perfect. And you, you got to keep improving it. It's just like anything else in your business. You build it, you refine it, you change it again, you refine it, you improve it. I mean, it's a relentless improvement mindset, right? Tax planning is key. As your business is making money, or even if you're losing money, you've got to understand whether or not that's going to benefit you, or if you're making money, how you're going to mitigate those taxes. What are those strategies? What can you be doing? You know, the tax code really offers up uh, across the world, many incentives for business owners to really leverage how they spend their money. Just many of them, it's an afterthought. So Tax planning is becoming more future-oriented. Yes, we have to do the compliance piece. We have to file tax returns. All that has to be done. But we're sort of changing the focus from, you know, the rear view mirror to the windshield. We need to be focused on changing the future, right? 
And that's sort of what leads to this secondary component or third component, which is the strategy. Where is your business going? What are you trying to, what's your intentions? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, aligning your overall mission in your business. What do you really want to accomplish personally, professionally? How do you want to change your industry? How do you want to change people's lives? And aligning that with everything that you do day in, day out, and each person's function in the organization. That strategy, that moves your business from point A to point B. It seems so logical when you say it. Are accountants best place to advise their business clients on these kind of things? There's nobody else, right? Well, I mean, there is a great starting point. So they need to really focus on the finance piece of it. The accounting is what drives everything in a business. <laughs> it drives everything. Everything comes back to the accounting. I mean, you want to sell your company, you're going to look at the financials to see how much it's worth, right? You want to evaluate cash flow, you're going to go look at the financials. Um, you want to look at uh, the, the value of your intellectual property, your customer list, your assets, where are you going to go? You go to your financials. So yeah, it, I think that the thing for business owners is that in a lot of situations, they just don't understand the importance. Whose fault is that? Well, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of both parties, right? So the first is, is that accountants aren't very good about being future oriented. Um, they're not very good at, at being advisors and strategists. They've uh, become complacent in that, you know, they just, I'm just a tax preparer. I'm just filing your tax returns. And that's because there's such a significant amount of work associated with that. They are practitioners and not necessarily the best business people. So they haven't figured out how to delegate. I met with a woman late, just it was like the last week. And she said, you either do it, you delegate it, or you dump it. And I was like, genius. I mean, that's a great way to think about it. And business owners need to be doing the same thing. Um, but most of the time they're just focused on revenue and they're on the hamster wheel, right? They're just doing day in and day out, all the things that they normally do. And they're not really focused on the strategy. So they got to find people to help them. So it's, it's a little bit of both. CPAs need to refocus on strategy and helping their business owners move forward and talking to them in that way changing the messaging, changing the dialogue, taking the time, reworking engagements to build that in. It's got to be built in. It's not just a tax return and I'll do some bank reconciliations for you. Like that's not valuable. You call it an industry. We, we call it a profession. What kind of shape do you feel the accounting world is in right? Uh, well, I, I feel like there's sort of this, uh, a little bit of an energy, if you will, sort of growing about uh, the revolution that needs to happen. So we sort of have bad reputation in public accounting for uh, overworking people, not growing people in the right ways, um, not providing the right opportunities, and just overloading people with a bunch of tasks instead of helping them to have a pathway forward. And, and, and what happens is, is we're not giving them the tools in their tool belt to become the advisors that they need to be. So that's part of it. You know, there's just a lot of different components to that. Um, we're undervaluing ourselves. I mean, I'm in a ton of Facebook groups where CPAs and other people who are, you know, enrolled agents and things like that are, I mean, it's crazy to me, the work that they are doing. I mean, they're literally killing themselves for next to nothing. And I don't understand that at all. Where must that come from though, that undervaluing yourself? Because they do very valuable work. Is it a proximity bias, Susan, where they get so close to what they're doing, they can't see how much it's worth to the client? Uh, no, I think it's fear. I think it's all fear. I think that they're afraid to lose the client. They're afraid to upset the client. They're, it's fear. It's 100% fear. Afraid to charge more for what they're doing? <laughs> they're just afraid to, I mean, we actually met with a guy not too long ago who was interested in selling his practice, right? You know, his book of business to us. I mean, he was an older gentleman and I mean, it was insane. The prices that he was charging, they're so low. And we asked him, you know, well, why didn't you raise your prices? And, and he said, 
I was afraid to lose the client. And I think we've got to change our mindset a little bit here. It's not necessarily about losing the client. It's it's we've got to have enough resources on our team to do the work that's valuable for them. And so that means we've got to charge them more to offer up that value. There's just, there's no way to get to the valuable services if we don't charge more for them. The pricing question comes up a lot, Susan, with accountants and CPAs around how do we justify price increases or justifying value pricing or justifying what we're doing for the price that we're charging? So where would you start with that? You must have a lot of these conversations too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I think Ron Baker would call it the value conversation, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, that's a great place to start is, you know, becoming students of his. He's, you know, obviously the father of value pricing and has a lot of great resources and just learning how to ask the questions and get you thinking about that. Um, For me, you know, when people come to me with pricing questions, I really start with contemplating what are we doing, you know, in the background that the client doesn't see, you know, the the client doesn't see that we're spending endless hours looking for tax strategies that might help them, that we're constantly on, um, you know, CPEs trying to learn more about the tax code of how we can leverage certain things, you know, for their benefit. Um, that we are you know, investing in technology resources and training to make sure that our work is at the top quality. So it, most of these things, you know, our, our clients just think, you know, it's magical, right? Like these things just happened and it's magic and your tax return comes out, but it's, that's not the case. You know, there is a high level of um, intellect and knowledge that is required to do this work. We have to start talking to them on the front end when we're meeting with clients or even if they're existing clients, when we're meeting with them throughout the year to explain and help them to understand all the things we're doing that add value. So when they get the invoice, they say, I am so glad that you are my accounting partner, that you're my, you know, my tax partner. Like this is such a valuable service. I'm happy to pay this in. So the accountants have a really important role to play, Susan, don't they, in educating their clients on the way they work, the way they price, the way their firm is set up the way they're going to operate together. Talk to us a little bit about some of the considerations there or the boundaries or what needs to be said. Yeah, uh, communication. Uh, it's, it, I constantly say that good accounting is 90% communication. So yes, we need information, but communication is the key. So really setting forth expectations, explaining to your client on the front end, this is how my processes work. This is what you can expect from um, the initial phase of the project, who's going to be doing what, what are the objectives? What information is required? And then here's the team of people who are going to manage it. Here are their roles. This is what they do. This is how they're going to do it. Explaining it all upfront, 100% transparent with them and making sure that they understand it and that they also understand that it's a reciprocal relationship. So this is not one-sided. This isn't just, hey, we're going to come in and do all this. They have to understand they've got to give information. They have to respond. They have to read have to read. <laughs> you know, this is probably like a common complaint among all accountants, right? The clients don't read my emails. It's true. So we've got to impress upon the client. <clears throat> we expect you to read our emails and respond to quote. This is important. So it's clarifying those expectations. Same on any other type of process that, you know, it is uh, standard in your, your firm. Onboarding is going to work like this. A tax return is going to work like this. The financial statements and financial reports are going to be delivered like this. What can you expect? That is really important. And then the expectations in return and that just clarifying that for people and and making sure that they understand on the front end what that should look like. And if things don't work out like the right way, how we're going to follow up and, you know, how it escalates and all of that stuff has to be defined in the beginning. 
Well, you've already said a ton of things that accountants have used in the past have not shared with me. It's generally, here's the proposal, here's the cost, we'll do this, this, and this. It's not about how we do it. It's not about why we do it. It's not about how we work. It's not about expectations. So how can accountants get that so wrong in not sharing that information? Is that an arrogance? Is that an ignorance? Is that a way we've always done it? I just don't think they have time. I think that's part of the issue is they don't have resources. Yeah. So again, you know, the thing is, is that they're not charging enough to go get the people to support the processes. Okay. Yeah. That's part of the issue here is, is that, you know, so now the partner has to do all of the things that are associated with the project. So they're managing it and they're doing the strategy and they're following up on the accounting work and they're, and they're trying to get their, train their staff on how to do stuff. Like you have to figure out how to build standardized processes in your firm so that those things can be delegated and replicated by somebody else. I was going to ask you why it's important that firms create these standardized processes, these SOPs, we sometimes call them, don't they? Why should they do that? And have you got any examples of those? The main reason it's important is because enterprise value is in your own firm, which every firm is trying to grow their own enterprise value, is, is that we're trying to minimize the reliance upon the owners. I mean, that's that's a business 101, right? So why are accountants trying to reverse that? It's like, I want to be the most important person in my firm. And I mean, <laughs> it's sort of, cre- it's, it's interesting because it's like a dichotomy of thinking. We're trying to help our business owners to not be critical in their firms, right? That's how we build scalable companies. And yet our philosophy is in reverse. It just doesn't make any sense. So we as accountants have to build these processes that are standardized get the stuff out of our heads into a format where other people can do it, train them up, teach them how to do it, and then let them run it. So that's the key is, is that if you're going to build and scale your firm, you have to have standardized processes. So a few that I can think of off the top of my head where they've been extremely effective here is onboarding. Oh, onboarding. There's a lot to onboarding. There's a big sigh there, Susan. <laughs> it is. It is, a, it is an intensive process. Um, it's important uh, for two reasons. The first is, is that we've got to collect information in a timely and orderly manner in order to move the project along. It's, it's critical. Otherwise, we're not going to meet the objectives in the time frame that we set. It just won't happen. So someone has to be managing that. So those process has, processes have to be really solid. The other thing is, is it influences the customer's experience. So if we have a dedicated person to making sure that this onboarding is happening timely, someone's getting follow-up emails, they're getting you know, 30, 60, 90-day check-ins, give us feedback, how's communication, how are these teammate members working out, you know, following up throughout, it changes their experience in working with us. And so it really serves two different purposes. You know, we are um, creating something that's replicatable, you know, that's a word. And then we're also enhancing the experience they have in working with us. That makes sense. Martin Bissett, my co-host and myself have commented more than once on how accountants are great at telling their clients what to do, but they don't do it themselves. So they'll ask a client, have you got standard operating procedures? Have you got this process and this? And the client might turn around and say, well, do you have that? Do you have a pricing strategy? Do you have a finance strategy? Do you have a tax? Well, no, but this is not us, it's you. No, you get it right yourself, then you can tell me to do it. Is there a bit of that? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Yes, again, that's because I don't know why, but the practitioner has failed to take what business knowledge they have and apply it to their own business. They, I just don't, maybe they don't view it like a business. Maybe they just don't look at it that way. I used to feel like there was this, um, you know, I guess way that I was sort of raised up as an accountant. There was always this sort of like the business owners here, the accountants here, and we're like subservient in some way to the business owner. And when I, I guess I was like had an epiphany or something and I was like, wait a minute, I'm a business owner. 
a moment of revelation. Right. It's like, what am I doing? This is crazy. You're a business owner. I'm a business owner. We're the same. We're peers. It's just you're great at selling whatever it is you're selling or recruiting or who knows what, right? And I'm great at accounting, but we both run businesses. I can take the information that I've learned in my business apply to you. I can take the information I learned from your business and apply it to me. But it's a business mindset. Like, yes, this is a business. Running a CPA firm is a business first and foremost. And it's interesting because I think that, you know, <laughs> accountants sort of like focus on the practicing side of it. For me, the number one role in our company is the first thing we are is we're a sales and marketing organization. That's what we are first and foremost. I'm just thinking though, Susan, we have 25,000 accounting practitioner listeners to this show, and a lot of them will be in employed positions. They're not actually running the firm. They're not running a business. They are part of the rank and file. They may be fianas, managers, directors down the food chain, if you like. So they're not entrepreneurially in that respect, but they do need to be thinking like a business owner, they do need that commercial acumen to be able to advise their clients in the right way. Well, I mean, what's their future? I mean, that's what you need to be thinking of is, is that, I mean, everyone is a future advisor to a business owner. It's just a matter of whether you take ownership of that um, advisor position and develop it and go seek the, you know, go seek the mentoring and the education to assume that role. So, I mean, that's what every future, that's what every CPA is right now, whether you're at the, at the bottom as a staff or you're a senior manager, your future is to become the advisor to the business owner. How important is it that accountants require their customers to conform, Susan, to, there's an education part, I get that, but forcing them, getting them to jump through hoops, but making them do the things they need to do so the accountant can serve them in the best way. Yeah, uh, critical. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. I Again, it just kind of goes back to this whole like, Accountants are people pleasers. Like we don't want to tell the client no. We're afraid to disappoint them. We we have no problem letting them tell us how to run our businesses. Like, well, I don't want to deal with six people. I want to only deal with one person. Like, well, that's not how our processes are configured. What are we going to do? We don't want to lose the client. We have to have real conversations, business owner to business owner, right? Um, I don't, you know, go into the grocery store and tell somebody, you know, I don't want to put my groceries on the conveyor belt and I don't want. You have to conform to the systems and processes that are there. Same with if you go to the movie theater or any other business. I don't understand the, the mentality of CPAs who literally get pushed around by their clients. We have to be firm and we have to be clear and we have to explain to them why the processes are important to them. It makes sure that things don't get balled through the cracks, that we conduct all the right quality checks for you, that we are maintaining the communication protocols. There's a variety of things that are necessary in order to make sure that things happen the way they do. Otherwise, exceptions are to the rule are how things go wrong. And ultimately, that's what leads to fines and penalties, disappointed customers, mad customers. I mean, it just goes, you know, on and on. It's a, down, it's a spiral. Well, you reminded me of the BMWs, as we call them here. Those clients that are the bitches, moaners, and whiners. Clients <laughs> that you'd rather not have. So how would you advise accountants to address those clients that refuse to conform or, or play the game? Yeah, I think you just have to let them go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can have a conversation, but if they just won't conform, then I think it's, we have to realize that we have a business to run too. And if it's just noise in our business and it's, you know, the whole 80, 20 rule, right? This client's probably taking up 80% of your time and it's 20% of your revenue or profits, probably not worth it. So there has to be a little bit of a reality check here. You know what I mean? Like having some real honest conversations with ourselves and, you know, I know this is like, I've had these conversations with other firm owners where they'll be like, well, yeah, but they're like a family friend or it's, you know, it's a, it's a family member of a big, you know, one of our partners. And sorry, guys, 
are we running a business here or is this a nonprofit? I mean, I guess you get to choose what you want to do, but I think we just have to get real about it and, and fire the people who don't fit. <laughs> There's a lot of courage required to fire a client. I can just hear the accountants uh, freaking out right now at the thought of losing some revenue. And that's part of the fear and the mindset you spoke about. Yeah, I think so. I think the, I think the thing is, though, if they probably went back and actually looked at the profit that those customers are yielding, it's probably not that much. You know, for the amount of time and resources that they consume in the organization and stress. I mean, who can put a price on that, right? I mean. And part of the fear, Susan, is the confrontation, the honest conversation that you referred to. That's not easy for accountants that are not used to those kind of tricky, vital conversations. You're right. So they've got to practice. You've got to practice. You just have to practice, you know, practice on starting these conversations about um, even I think a lot of it starts with the advisory. And the selling, right? So, hey, I'm doing this for you. We have scope creep. We're going to have to charge you more. We're doing these extra tasks for you. So if you start small with some of these things, you sort of gain the courage to have bigger conversations. So uh, it is a process. It's a learning. I mean, this is not something we're just out of the gate. I think somebody's like, okay, I'm ready to take on all the big conversations in my room and you know, get rid of all these terrible clients. I think um, there's a lot of reformation we have to do in baby steps to get to the bigger, more impactful changes. Susan, this is terrific stuff for accountants that uh, may have lost sight of the basics. And we don't apologize here for looking at the basics. They seem so obvious in some ways, but we know there are so many CPAs, practitioners that are not doing this. So uh, I'm going to ask you one more question to finish about how to use the standardizing process information that you're talking about here. And these uh, ways of dealing with clients to bring value to those clients and to the firm. And just before that, if people want to find out more about you and the great stuff that you do, what's a good way for them to reach? Well, best way to find out more about me is to go to our CPA or firm, mbgcpa.com. That's our CPA firm website, where everyone can email me to um, sbryant at mbgcpa.com. Best way to reach me is uh, via email um, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I love getting engaged in conversations that way as well. Why would other accountants reach out to you? Oh, uh, there's so much information to share. Um, I, I want to be a resource to the accounting community. Uh, I think there's a lot of practitioners, you know, CPAs who start businesses, you know, start their firms, and um, they're sort of lost. They don't know how to set up these processes, you know, the best practices. They, they don't know where to begin, and they're doing everything wrong. <laughs> I know because I've done all the wrong things. <laughs> so uh, I can help them to avoid all the pitfalls as they grow and to build that scalable and really profitable firm, you know, and, and let's face it, we're not, we don't want to do this for nothing. You know what I mean? We're taking a lot of risk in serving these clients. So everyone needs to make it worth their while. You should make money being a CPA. Love it. Susan, this has been terrific. Just finish with some words of advice for accountants who want to standardize their process a little bit more and maybe justify it to themselves as well as the clients about how that brings value to everybody. Well, the value to the client is, is that they understand it, they learn, and they know what to expect. So they're not surprised. So there's no panics at tax time. There is no um, uncertainty about what you're doing and what value you bring. They understand it because they understand the regimented nature of what it is you do. So they, it's predictable to them. I mean, we all love things that are predictable. We want them to work. For the CPA, uh, the value to them is that they don't have disruptive processes. Things run smoothly. There's no productivity issues or production issues. Um, their own staff is less stressed. Um, there's no fire drills or fires to put out around you know, tax time. So there's, there's value on both sides 
um, to making that conformity occur. And it's easier to onboard new staff, isn't it? If you've almost got a manual of this is the way we work, this is the way we handle conversations like this, uh, you can recruit better people that way. Yes, and retain them, right? So yeah, train them, teach them your way. Who are we? What do we do? I mean, it's funny because one of my most effective um, job posts that's, that's ever posted, we literally said, this is who we are and this is who we're not. So don't apply if this is what you think because we don't want you. <laughs> so, um, and I hired one of the best people ever because it resonated with them. Like, we don't have timesheets, but we don't do that here. We don't build by the hour. That's not who we are. So we want you to become a great accountant. We don't want you to focus on tracking every 15 minutes of your time. We want you to make a difference for our clients. It's a mindset. It's a difference. It's a philosophy change, but it is, it is what the, it's what the talent wants. You know what I mean? So create a system, create a firm where other people come and they're going to be inspired to do great work. You know, whatever that means to you. That's a great call to arms. Susan Bryant, thank you so much for your passion and your insights today. Thanks for having me, Rob. I appreciate it.